Hello and welcome to The Rewriters, a celebration of people who have shirked convention, expectation and even their own limitation to rewrite their story on their terms. Each episode we'll dig into the inspired and very real life stories of people who have done just that, rewritten their story. I'm a nosy practical optimist too, so expect all of the nitty gritty details. If you're an ambitious seeker craving a different kind of lifestyle, career or business, but have felt held back by your own or other people's beliefs about what's possible or permissible, The Rewriters is for you. Hello and welcome to the episode. I'm Monique Shaw, aka The Rewriters, founder of Rewrite and your host. I am a coach, a writer, and a brand storyteller, and my mission is to empower people to rewrite their stories from the inside out to create careers, businesses, and lives that work for who they are and how they want to live. This is the final episode of season one, and it's a solo episode with yours truly. I'm going to take a little summer break from the Rewriters podcast and I'll be back with season two in September and I will have with me a bunch of inspiring new rewriter interviews as well as lots of practical solo casts too. Over the summer, I'll be staying pretty active on social media. So if you don't already, do give me a follow on Instagram. I'm at the rewriters, at the underscore rewriters. But the best way to keep in touch with me and all of the latest content and good stuff is by subscribing to my newsletter, The Weekly Rewrite, which is out every Wednesday. Through that newsletter, I share personal insights, breakthroughs, kind of in real time as well, as well as interesting themes and observations from my client work, general reading, lots of podcast recommendations and also any of the latest resources that I've been preparing, any new special offers, you'll be the first to hear about this podcast too. So you can sign up via the link in the show notes or just head to my website, rewriterewrite.com. So do sign up to the weekly rewrite. Before we dive into the episode, I also want to say thank you so much for all of your support this season. I have so loved doing this podcast. I love a chat and I also like to write and research. So pulling these episodes together is a real pleasure for me. And I really appreciate the feedback and support that I've received from so many of you and also for sharing it uh, with your friends, family, loved ones as well. I can see that people from all over the world, people from places that I've never been to, um, but hope to go one day are listening. So if you have any questions for me or if there are any topics or conundrums that you are facing in relation to your career, your business, your life and making it work for you, anything you'd like me to explore and unpack in the podcast, please drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you and I can try and turn that into an episode. This episode actually was inspired by a DM that I got on Instagram from somebody that I used to work with and it just got the the wheels turning and became this final episode of season one. Please also don't forget to give me five stars as well on Apple Podcasts if that's where you get your podcasts and continue to spread the Rewriters Pod with anybody who you believe will benefit from hearing it. Okay, on with the episode. Today's episode is all about creating our own personal definition of success. So I've been thinking about this a lot this last year for quite a few reasons. Number one being I stepped away from a traditionally successful career. In quitting my job in February 2020 to start my own business, I stepped away from a career that I had been working at for many years and from what many would define as a successful career. I'm putting that in little air quotes. And so in doing so, I received 
some shock from family members, disbelief that I would want to step away from that success. And I also encountered some people saying that they wish they could do the same, but for various reasons, uh, many of which were tied up with external ideas of what success means, for various reasons they couldn't. Uh, But most interestingly to me was that I discovered after the fact, so after I had left my job and started my own business, that I had inadvertently removed my own success safety blanket. So I had unwittingly been carrying around a security blanket with my traditional corporate job, a kind of box ticked that the career part of my story was taken care of. That particular success box was ticked, which leads me to the next point. And one of the other reasons that I've been thinking about this, the strength of my own achievement worthiness bind. So like it or not, recognize it or not, my achievement and by achievement, crudely speaking, I essentially mean external measures or markers of success. My achievement was closely linked to my feelings of worth or worthiness of acceptability. And I thought that I had transcended those definitions and ties. Essentially, I was above them or beyond them. I was above that. And I wasn't. Actually, it's something that I'm still working through, which is why this episode in particular is part lessons learnt part practical tools, because with so much of the work that I do, I want to take something that I've worked through or am currently working through and share some really practical ways that you can implement or take bits from that and apply that to your own life as well. So it's part lessons learned, part practical tools, but also part confessional. Because some of this stuff I'm still working through in real time to an extent, as I'll discuss later in the episode, there is an element of this that is ongoing work. One of the other reasons that I wanted to talk about this topic is because when I entered the coaching space and the online space, I was quite frankly shocked by the volume of messages that I saw, I heard, I directly received about scaling up, leveling up, seven figures, multiple six and seven figures, hit your first 10k month, how to hit 100k month, all of this stuff about scaling and money and revenue and the inherent truth or assumption in all of those messages being that bigger is better and what everybody is or should be aspiring to was more, that that's what everybody wanted. Um, and if you have, if you are a coach yourself, um, you will know that the moment you change your LinkedIn profile, your job title to coach, the volume of direct messages you get from people promising to turbocharge your revenue to get you to seven figures by working five minutes, whatever. I mean, it's, it's off the charts. And then the other reason that I wanted to talk about this particular topic is because I received a message a few months ago from somebody who listens to the podcast and it's actually somebody that I used to work with and she was sending me a note to let me know that she'd been listening to the podcast and she had been reflecting on something about you know listening to your own intuition over following the conveyor belt the work conveyor belt and being perceived as being unambitious for choosing an alternative path to the one set out by your workplace leaders or people higher up the food chain, higher up that ladder, the commonly accepted norms for what a successful career path should be. And I can really relate to that. You know, I worked in a big organization that was traditionally structured with ranks and, you know, the more higher up you were, the more power you had over the people beneath and people were in a perpetual state of moving up the ladder, pursuing the next rank rank up to more status and more money was 
built into our DNA and often unquestioned. And there can be a bit of suspicion or judgment on anybody who does question that or does choose a different path. So I wanted to unpack what we mean by success and really strip it right back. And then to suggest an alternative approach or some alternative ways of thinking that hopefully can allow you to create your own personal definition of success. So let me share a little bit about my own success journey. And I say success with little inverted commas, little rabbit ears, because I think that this will give us some context as to why this is so interesting and important to me, but also serve as a little bit of a case study as well. When I hit my mid-20s, I felt very strongly that I had wasted time and was behind. This was the point at which I left my hometown and went traveling, essentially forever, because I now live overseas 15 years later. But I really had this sense that I had to catch up and go all in. And catch up to what? I don't really know. But I'm sure that this feeling is something that many of you can relate to, feeling behind in your career or behind in romance, behind in buying a house, behind in having kids, behind in all of these externalized, widely accepted, appropriate points at which we should be achieving things. And so I really threw myself into my career and the work part of my story once I left my hometown, went traveling and found an opportunity that seemed like it was a really good fit for allowing me to just go all in. And a very big driver of that was guilt over not having given 100% at high school or at university and feeling very conscious that I never really tried or lived up to my potential. I mean, I was in my mid-20s, so it's kind of crazy to think about that now. But I had a really strong sense that I was behind and I had wasted time and I felt very, very guilty about that and really, really strongly that I had something to prove. And then not long after throwing myself into work or starting to throw myself into work, I met my now husband and our relationship put a bit of a spanner in the works as far as my career was concerned, because I'm Australian and he's English and I was coming to the end of my visa. Not going to go into the logistics and the details of this, but essentially I had to move back to Australia. He was based in the UK and so began a period of time for 18 months where I was moving backwards and forwards and taking temping jobs to allow me the flexibility to travel backwards and forth and spend time with him in the UK. So we had decided to settle in the UK and when I eventually did immigrate to the UK, I immigrated into a post-2008 global financial crisis job market in London. London obviously being one of the world's financial centers. So it was very much decimated by that global economic crisis. And needless to say, finding meaningful work that I was either not overqualified for or underqualified for was a really big challenge. And when I finally did get back into my career swing again, I didn't stop to catch my breath until many years later when I became a mum. I absolutely white knuckled it with my career. I had a lot to prove, mostly to myself, and I had some resentment that my career had been so stoppy-starty and I wanted to make up for what I perceived to be this lost time. Now, in my work today, I work with a lot of people who feel like they're not in the driver's seat of their career. I actually felt like I was in the driver's seat of my career. The problem was I was stuck in fourth or fifth gear all the time. Next, more, higher, bigger, challenge, role, project, opportunity. I was going in one direction and that was up. 
And I only paused to question and reflect on that when I had my son in 2017. And actually it wasn't straight away. It took a few years for it to marinate. But there was this slow realization that I didn't want that career anymore. I had been so hell bent on making up for lost time and going for it that I hadn't taken the time to stop to work out what success meant to me. And that was no longer the type of success that I wanted. I was at a point where the only way really was to continue going up. And I didn't like the look of that. When I looked up, I didn't like what I saw. I wanted something different. So I had achieved what would commonly be accepted as a successful career in a good company, a well-known company with a good title and good package, good benefits, good opportunities. So in rewriting my career story, I was also trying to rewrite what being successful meant to me. Now, I was very surprised, however, to discover that I had deeply internalized the socially accepted markers of success which are wealth, prosperity, and fame. The dictionary definition of success is someone who has wealth, prosperity, and or fame or status. So to translate that, when I started my business, I'd stepped off the old traditional career, the old sort of definition of what career success looked like and started my own thing. And when I started that business, I was very conscious of my significantly reduced income. And so when people asked me how the business was, They said, you know, how's the business? How are you? How's it going? I heard, how much money is your business making? So there's the wealth and prosperity piece. And also, how popular are you on social media, which is the fame and status piece? So this was a really tricky and uncomfortable one for me because intellectually, I knew that these markers weren't the be all and end all. I knew they weren't important to me, or at least on a certain level, I knew that they weren't important to me. And I could easily have pursued more wealth and more status where I was. But what I wanted was something completely different. I wanted autonomy. I wanted full creative control. I wanted time and space. And so money is important because I deserve to get paid. And visibility is important because I need to be able to reach people who enjoy my content and may become clients. But my waiting was all out. So on the one hand, intellectually, the money piece was not my big driver, but on the other hand, automatically on autopilot, my automatic response was to try and quantify my success in numbers. So it was quite maddening, actually, and it still can be. So there are a number of things that I have learned about success and what it means to create your own definition of success through these experiences. Firstly, To even be in a position where you can create your own definition of success is an absolute privilege. Your material needs are clearly being met if you are able to ponder this at all, right? So I couldn't be sitting here talking about this stuff, writing about this stuff, and even considering this if I didn't have a roof over my head, food in my belly, bills paid, you know, support. I'm supported. I'm in a really privileged position. So it's important for me to acknowledge that. Secondly, what we personally deem to be successful or to be success will change. So what worked for me before doesn't now and what works for me now might not cut it in a year or two's time. Things will change, priorities will change and I will talk about that changing fluid nature of success a little later as well. Thirdly, 
And this is such an important one because it's not understanding this that got me in that pickle early on, thinking that people were asking me about revenue when actually they were just asking me how I am and how's the business going. You have got to unlearn old definitions of success, become aware of your old definition of success and unlearn it before you can create a new one. So creating your own definition of success takes work and it takes continued commitment and intention. You don't just flick a switch because there is a lot of conditioning to overcome and unravel and actually a lot of constant messages sent to you, shared in the television that you watch, the movies that you watch, the social media that you consume. It's everywhere. These old definitions of success are everywhere. Okay, so before we go any further, let's drill down into what success and being successful means. So in societies built on capitalism, which is the society that I live in, you probably do too, being successful is important. It is the aspiration, the pursuit, the pinnacle. I've made it. I've arrived. And that destination, that endpoint is success. So for generations, capitalism has reinforced this belief that wealth and status is right and good and that people with wealth and status are right and good. And this has and continues to cause a lot of harm and has been at the expense of many, many people, many, many groups, most prominently across class, race and gender. And let's be really honest with ourselves, right? No matter how we slice it or dice it, there does remain a commonly accepted definition of success. It's in the dictionary. And that's the one tied to wealth and status. We want to be successful. We want our kids to be successful. We admire people who are successful. We actually place it higher than honesty, kindness, and generosity. We might not even consciously do this, right? In fact, we most certainly don't consciously do this. But think about it. Your friend or family member is talking about someone and says, oh, she's so successful. That carries more weight than, oh, she's so kind. So if you want to redefine what success means to you, if you really want to create your own definition of success, you do have to look really closely at your current definition of success because there is no point trying to lay a new one over the top of an old one that is unchecked and still very much in place. You cannot, and this goes for everything in our lives, you cannot just layer a new truth over the top of an old one that hasn't been unpicked and cleared. That's the mistake that I made. So I want you to learn from that. So I've got some questions for you that are going to really help you to start thinking about your current definition of success. And this is a good point to let you know that actually I should have let you know earlier, but this is the point at which I'm going to let you know that there are going to be a number of questions throughout this episode. And so if you can hit pause, go and grab a notebook, come back and start taking these questions down, or maybe you want to re-listen to it again, but it's really helpful for you to have some questions to really start to unpack and unpick your current definition of success so you can write your new definition of success too. So questions for you. What is your current definition of success really? When you think about what it means to be successful, what does that look like for you right now? Really? Be really, really honest with yourself. And where did that come from? Was it inherited by your family, society, the media, your workplace? Maybe noodle on that a little bit more. What does your family deem success to be? 
And when you look at the society that you live in, the social circles that you move in, what does success mean to those groups? Your workplace, what does success mean in that workplace? What success pool are you swimming in at the moment or pools are you swimming in at the moment? So what is your current definition of success really and where did that come from? And can you accept that on some level you will hold this definition as your own too? Probably without even realizing it. That is exactly what I did. And most importantly, are you ready to let go of it? So at this point, it's just really about being aware because the moment at which we become aware is the moment that we become intentional. We can only start to change stuff if we are aware of what is going on for us right now. So now I want to talk about wealth because the link between wealth and success is strong. If we're to rewrite our definition of success, then we need to reclaim what we mean by wealth. So if success means wealth, amongst other things, then what could be possible if we reimagined and redefined what wealth meant? So when we think about wealth, we tend to think of it in terms of money and assets. And I saw something on social media last year on LinkedIn that spoke about all of the other types of wealth beyond money and assets. And I was so inspired by it that I wrote a couple of articles about wealth and success and rewriting your definition of those terms, which are on my website. I'll link to them in the show notes. Anyway, describe the different types of wealth. One, financial wealth, so money and assets. Two, social wealth, so status, fame would probably fit within there as well. Three, time wealth, so freedom. I would include autonomy in there as well. And then four, physical and mental wealth, so your health. And you might have some more of your own too. I certainly do. I add creative wealth in there as well. And this particular piece said to be wary of jobs that give you financial and social wealth at the expense of time and health wealth. And that was certainly my experience when I rewrote my story most recently. I had financial and social wealth, but I lacked time and health and also creative wealth. I didn't have a, I, I didn't have an, enough of that wealth to make me satisfied. And so when I read this, I realized that that was what I had been trying to create in my business, a better balance or a better distribution, a more appropriate distribution across a broader range of wealth measures. Although I had been intellectually prioritizing time and health and creative wealth over financial and social wealth, I was still deeply instinctively measuring financial and social wealth as the most important and valuable markers. So it was incredibly confusing. But as I said, knowing something and being aware of it is when you can start to unravel it. So to rewrite your wealth and success story, you do need to really unpick all of the old beliefs and truths you have around money and success too. So you want to give appropriate weighting across the different wealth measures to create success that's more sustainable and personal to you and fulfilling and appropriate. And by appropriate, I mean right for you, not based on what someone else thinks, what someone else wants or what someone else values. Ask yourself the following. How is my financial wealth right now? And how is my social wealth? And how is my time wealth? How is my physical and my mental wealth? And what other types of wealth do I have or do I value? So I've got creative wealth on mine. You might want to ask yourself, how is my creative wealth? And am I sacrificing wealth in some areas for wealth in others? And if so, 
where do I need to increase my wealth and where, if applicable, can I spend some of my other wealth? So can I let go of some of this wealth in order to increase some of that wealth? If on the outside you appear successful, but on the inside you feel dissatisfied or trapped in a perpetual cycle of never enoughness, then it is very likely that you are struggling inside a narrow definition of wealth and you are broke in one or more of the measures. So by distributing your wealth across time and health, as well as financial and social and potentially creative as well, you are creating success that is more lasting and less tenuous and is less debilitating. It's more nourishing, more fulfilling. So the other day I was talking to a friend of mine about the work that it takes to unhook from these internalized measures of wealth and success, particularly when you start working for yourself and your business is also about a complete lifestyle shift. So her and I have both experienced some real confusion at times about whether or not we should be saying no to work opportunities that don't interest us. And I've done that quite a bit in the last 12 months. It's a no to money. And is that smart when we are in the early stages of business? Well, I would argue, yes, if you also consider time and creative wealth as markers of success too. So again, I need to re-caveat here how much privilege plays a part in this. It is a privilege to be able to create our own definition of wealth and success. And it is a privilege for me to be able to say, no, that doesn't interest me. I value my time and my creative fulfillment over that money that I'd make from that particular piece of work. The other thing I think is important to say is that I would not be in a position that I am in right now with my business had I not invested so much in my career. So actually my older definition of success, having that success that was tied to career, climbing the, the corporate ranks and you know whatnot, that has actually reaped a lot of benefits for me and a lot of rewards for me in terms of my business now. And I'm still drawing down on that. So this leads me to my next point. Success as a fluid term. So success is fluid, changing and movable. And there may be a point in our lives when we want or need to focus on generating financial wealth, perhaps to create security for our family. Perhaps it's important that we create social wealth because we have an idea that we want funding or support for. But at different points, having more time may be important to us than having more money. That was certainly my experience more recently. So there was a time when money was more important to me than time. I wanted to make enough money to put into assets to secure my husband and my financial future. He was doing the same. And then fast forward a little while later, it's reversed for me. I feel financially secure enough to prioritize time now. So my definition of success changed, but I have been in both camps and there aren't just two camps. I don't want to set up a false binary there. The point is what we need and what we prioritize and where we are in our life will change and evolve. It's movable. It's fluid. So what is most important from my perspective is that we are the ones creating our definition of success. So whatever that looks like for us and whatever works for us at that point in our life and that we have permission to evolve it and to change it and adjust it when our needs and priorities change. If you take one thing from this episode, it is that your definition of success absolutely becomes yours. It's your own, not the parent who wants you to have a job they can brag about, not the boss who says you're unambitious if you're not perpetually working towards your next promotion, not the guru who says you're unenlightened if you want to make money or the coach who says you're holding yourself back if you don't. 
your definition of success and wealth just yours. And whatever that definition is, let yourself savor it. In our old socially accepted definitions of success, it's seen as a destination or a point. You arrive there, you become successful. You are or you aren't, you're there or you're not. It's like a fixed point. But the problem is that you get there and the point moves. So you arrive to where you thought you wanted to be, you achieved the success, the promotion, the pay rise, the book deal, the job offer, the business investment, whatever. And then you move the goalposts on yourself. So success is here, but it's also over there. And we make it an impossibility, a source of constant not enoughness, constant what next. Many of us really struggle with living in the present moment and the pursuit of success gives us an excellent excuse to focus our attention elsewhere. Success is future oriented. It is fantasy we never reach because once we get there, we immediately move the target again and it continues to propel us to what else, what next, what more. All of that takes us outside of ourselves. So if you measure your wealth and success across broader metrics, like your time, your health, your creativity, then it invites you back into yourself. An external success may be a moving target, money, assets, accolades, but your internalized sense of success can become more grounded, more lasting and more present because it's right now. It's happening right now. Create your own definition of success and then focus on feeling successful today instead of being or looking successful tomorrow. So we've looked at unpacking your current definition of success and letting go of old definitions of success, rethinking or rewriting your definition of wealth and broadening the metrics for wealth. And now we're looking at creating your own definition of success. So here are some questions to help you with that and also to be present with that definition of success. So what metrics, what wealth metrics rather, are the most important to me right now? Ask yourself, what wealth metrics are most important to me right now? And what would true success look like for me? And what would it feel like to have that success? What would it feel like to have that success? And how could I feel more like that today? Who is someone that I see as successful? And what is it about them that makes them successful to me? And how could I create more of that in my life? Why is it important to me? And what would be possible if I created that? How could I invite goals or targets into my life that allow me to feel successful right now? What adjustments could be made to create space in my life for more of the wealth I want to create? Who in my life can support me in creating this wealth and success? And what environment will support me in creating this wealth and success? And what is one thing I could do right now to experience that wealth and success? Now, our old adopted and internalized definitions of success and wealth, they will still be in there somewhere. Those messages are everywhere. And it takes work, conscious and intentional effort to rewrite and create your own definition of success. And it takes courage and determination to keep it alive. If you are in a peer group or workplace that doesn't support your definition of success, that can be really hard. So do try to seek out people, communities and environments that will support you. 
All right, so to recap, success by definition is the achievement of wealth, prosperity, and status. So think of wealth beyond financial and social measures. Consider health wealth, creative wealth, and time wealth too. And define your success by the wealth that you want to create. Your definition of success will evolve, and that's okay. Allow yourself permission for it to evolve and also to enjoy it and be present with it. We only have the present moment. Creating your own definition of success takes time and intention. Find people, communities, and environments that will support your success, however you define it. And most importantly, whatever your definition of success is, please make sure that it is yours and then let yourself enjoy it. So that's it for the episode. I wanted to end this season just sharing something that was quite personal as well as super practical too. And I really hope that it gives you some food for thought as you enjoy the summer or the winter if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. And thank you again for listening to the podcast. And I really hope that you join me for season two in September. Take care. Bye-bye. The Rewriters is produced, written and presented by Monique Shaw, original artwork by Kiana Perry and original music by DJ Cinnamon.